In the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit, the Holy Three in One, who has commanded us so that we might receive His goodness, and that we might know better who He is. Dear brothers and sisters in Christ, wasn't always a pastor. And in fact, while I was studying for this job, I had probably, I've mentioned this before, probably the best job title that I've ever had in my life, and that is the job title of party captain. <laughs> it's something that I would love to put on my, my door and, and, and things, even today, that, that what I'm doing here is I'm party captain for, for this gathering. And there's there's a reality to that. But back when I was a party captain, in fact, even before I was a party captain, uh, they had to train me how to do that. And essentially, a party captain was uh, I was a manager for this catering company that I worked for. And so uh, in, in order to do that job, they, they took me up from the ranks of bartender and they were going to make me a party captain. They were going to make me a manager. And so one day. When they told me, hey, we'd like to, to train you in management, they said, well, you're going to come from around the bar and you're going to help us manage this party that we were throwing. And, uh, and basically what I found out was that uh, what they were training me to do was to be a good manager. And a good manager does a, a few things very well. A good manager uh, looks into the future and sees where there might be holes in what's happening and tries to address those things. A good manager makes sure that stuff gets done. And a good manager makes sure that the people on his or her team are having a good time. And that's basically what they trained me to do as a party captain. And this first little bit of training was kind of an interesting story because I was just a bartender and there were different kind of levels of the people that were in our team and it kind of went manager, bartender, and then servers. And servers were the people that were making sure that most of the stuff got done. The bartenders were just there to make sure that everybody was happy while everything was getting done. And so... This guy, who's kind of my big boss, this guy named Mike Hildebrand, who was a huge guy. This guy says, come out from around the bar, and I'm going to start to train you to, to do management. And I went, okay, that's cool. And so took me from around the bar, and he said, he looked, and he saw something that was happening in the room. And he said, if she keeps on doing that, there's going to be a hole in the service here. You need to redirect her to go and do that other thing. And to this day, I don't really remember what it was that he told me to go and do. But I remember what happened after that. And I remember that what happened after that was that I then was given the task. And I was given that task to go and to talk to this person who I knew, Lucy. And she was, Lucy was a server. And Lucy was much older than me. And she probably could have done violence to me. And, and so he said, you need to go and tell Lucy what to do. And I went, oh, okay, here I go. And so I walk up to Lucy, and I go, Lucy, you need to go and do this thing, because there's going to be a hole in there. And Lucy literally looks at me and says, 
No, but you can do that. And I was a little bit taken aback, and I was like, well, Lucy, if you look over my shoulder, you'll see Mike. And Mike's training me to be a manager, and Mike wants me to tell you to go and do this thing. And Lucy looks over my shoulder, and she sees Mike. It was hard not to see Mike. And she looks, and she kind of gives me this sideways glance, and she says, okay. She goes and does it. Now I walk back from that going, okay, all right. And and that was kind of my first little foray into management. And in, in a lot of ways, what I was doing with Lucy was I was giving her a command. I was stating it very nicely, Lucy, will you please go and do this? Because if not, there's going to be problems for me. But I was giving her a command. I was saying, this is what you have to do, which is a lot of what happens in management sometimes. That you say, look, I need you to do this because either I see the hole there or something's not going to get done or you're not going to be happy at the end of this. And so what I was doing was I was engaging those those skills and engaging those skills with this command that I was giving to Lucy, which kind of makes me think of the commands that, well, we just read, the commands that uh, are the Ten Commandments. And, you know, it, it puts me kind of in that same sort of awkward position where I'm going to you like you're Lucy. And I'm saying, hey, do you think that we can maybe do these commandments? And for a lot of you, you're like, no, you can do those commandments, Pastor. Yeah, that's what we pay you for, I think. And then I say, well, if you look over my shoulder... (laughs) This guy is asking me to ask you to do these things. Because, honestly, I mean, think about some of those commandments. The third commandment, where it is literally a commandment that you should come to church. And if you think about the commandment not to commit adultery. Oh. And basically, when we respond to somebody telling us the Ten Commandments, we usually respond in kind of one of three ways. First of all, we respond thinking that we're being exploited. So when I say, hey, you should come to church every Sunday, you respond by going, that is self-serving, Pastor Jay. And then I go, that guy told me. And then when I say, well, you know, you probably should not be sleeping with the person that you're sleeping with or lusting after the person that you're lusting after. You go, well, second thing, you're just getting in my business. You have no right to be there. Right? That's how we respond. And kind of the last way that we respond to hearing those commandments is just that it's an overburdening. It's, it's, oh, Pastor Jay. Nobody really does that. So if I say, you know, you probably shouldn't be 
sharing your Netflix password with everybody on your dormitory floor because it's really breaking the Seventh Commandment against not stealing. You know, you're just being overburdensome here. And those are our responses. And in a lot of ways, if those commandments were just coming from me, they would be legit responses. If I said, you know, you should show up every Sunday because it makes me feel good to see your face. You might say, well, that's just self-serving. Or if I do see something in your life that I, as a pastor, have to say, hey, you know, maybe that's not the best thing. Maybe if it was just me, you would say, well, that's really none of your business. Thanks, but, you know, kind of keep your nose out of my stuff. Or if I was overburdening you and and saying, well, just for my sake, you know, I I don't think you should share that Netflix password. You're kind of a jerk. Which is a legitimate response if it's not coming from God. You see, the thing about it coming from God makes all the difference in the world. Because we know God's character. We know God's heart. We know that what God wants for us is the best. In a lot of ways, we can think of God as being the perfect manager. God wants his team, us, to be happy. God wants to get stuff done. And he wants us to be a part of that. He wants us to really be on his team. And God wants to look into our futures and anticipate the problems and work on them before we ever fall into them. And that's what he did on the cross. What I found out in the couple of years that I was doing that management gig, and there's, there's parts of this that even apply to being a pastor, that the number one thing there about what a manager does, it's maybe not the most important thing to some people, but it's the most important thing to the people that are working under you as a manager. The most important thing is that you're able to look into the future and anticipate what their problems might be and solve them ahead. That gets you everywhere with your team. Because they realize then that they can trust you to solve their problems. So that they can work on their stuff. So that they can be happy. And that is what Jesus showed us on the cross. That he anticipated our problems. He anticipated us breaking every single one of those commandments and even more. That we're such a creative bunch of sinners that we can kind of mix sins together and put them in a shaker. And then, boom, look at that. It's a cocktail sin of the fourth and the seventh commandment. Aren't I great? (laughs) And God says, even that. Even that, I anticipated it and I paid for it with my son's death on the cross. And once 
you trust God in that way, once you realize that he is there for your best interest, that's when you start hearing his commandments in a whole new way. You start, if you really believe that what God is doing is he's not just laying in front of you a bunch of rules that are maybe just serving him, or maybe that he just really likes to be up in your business, or maybe that he just really is kind of a sadist and likes to burden you with stuff. When you start realizing that all of his commandments are for you and for your neighbor, you begin to see the beauty in them. And you begin to see the beauty in following them when you can. Which brings us to Taylor Andrew. Right before Jesus departs and goes to heaven in the ascension and sits at the right hand of God the Father, from whence he will come again. He gives his disciples a command. And this one, it, it's kind of easier to trust. It's kind of easier to see how this is for our best interest. He gives them this command and he says, go out and baptize and teach. Make a disciple out of little Taylor there. Baptize him in the name of the Father and of the Son and of the Holy Spirit and have him grow in his knowledge of me. And the most important part of that knowledge is that he does have our best interest in mind and that he has Taylor's best interest in mind. And he showed us that by dying on the cross, forgiving us of our sins, and allowing us entrance into the resurrection because of that. So the next thing that we're going to do is we are going to fulfill God's command as his body. It's kind of mind-blowing if you think about it. And hopefully you'll think about it throughout the rest of this week. And as you think about Taylor's baptism, remember your own if you have been baptized. And remember a God who loved you so much that he wants you to be happy. That he wants to invite you onto his team. And that he anticipated your every problem and every sin and forgives it. Amen.